Hello and welcome back to Dial H for HeroClix. I'm your Sixth Ranch Hand co-host, Calderness. This episode, we're going to be bringing back new clicks on the block. We're going to be talking about some news in relation to the Scott Porter Invitational, answer some listener questions, and have an all-around good time. This is episode 360. Howdy, howdy. Let's get rowdy. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional hero clicks. No. Are you serious? Again? How many people even play this game? Like the hundred instant deadpan humor. Oh, how many six yeah. people think I am funny? It's the hard day's work. Not that you know anything about that. Which absolute fools, it's not witcher nonsense. I'm gonna make hero clicks like that forever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey Google, back some. Let's attack Jimmy because he's a jerk. Wow, wow, wow. Dialage for HeroClix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest HeroClix singles and sealed products. Make sure you check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Use code DIAL5, D-I-A-L-5, for 5% off your order. And that's not just HeroClix, it's everything, everything. But all right, guys, joining me in the studio, like always, is Dialage for HeroClix champion, the Billion Clicks Bruce. What's going on, Simeon? Yeah, you can even get... The figures that I'm going to be painting coming up here. I started a new one today, Calder. I started a new paint job. And oh it's boy. a two-for-one special. Oh I'm, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. It's Tortles. Portals? Tortles. Tortles. Or Turtles. No, with an O. Tortles. Oh really? Oh okay. That's an yeah. that's some kind of wacky D and D thing that I don't know or care about. I also didn't know. I learned something new <laughs> when I was painting them. Uh, well, while not while I was painting them, but while I was researching them. Um, yeah, it's apparently not just D and D fifth edition. It's an expansion on fifth edition. Mm. So you know, like when World of Warcraft was like the mists of Pandaria, we're going to introduce it's basically that. Bro, exactly. you think I know anything about World of Warcraft? Do you or do you not have a level eighty capped dragon? I don't born, have any uh, dragon I, don't I don't know anything. enough about World of Warcraft to make a joke here, but <laughs> I bro, you know I hate fantasy in all its in all its ways. Dungeons and Dragons, World of Warcraft, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit's cool, I guess. Anyways, <laughs> Simeon is is painting. Is that what made you happy this week? Oh, specifically, also The Witcher. I'll I'll, I'll count that in fantasy BS that I also heavily dislike. Mm. Uh, but what made you happy this week? Was it painting the turtles, Simeon? That was yeah. That was part of what made me happy this week. Uh, like I said, it was a two for one. It'll be up sometime later this week. Uh, that being what the third week in April or something um, of 2021. But uh, yeah, that did make me happy. Uh, I was going to go ahead and other than that, I will say I watched, I was at my new, my friend's house and I watched the new mortal Kombat movie. And that also Mm. made me happy. That's a bit of a hot topic right now. Some people that movie does not make them happy. Yeah. There's plenty of reasons to, not like it i would get i guess um i'm gonna say and i'll i'll go out on a limb here it is much better than the older ones Mm. Um, 
sure that's the, a pretty like, safe stance to take yeah, i would say the the special effects are clearly you know like 20 years later i guess something like that and so they've definitely aged i mean like the the old ones have definitely aged the new ones aren't like anything spectacular uh the story is kind of like eh, but fights were fun and i mean does anybody play Mortal Kombat for like the storyline? Story. <laughs> I played Mortal Kombat Deception, and if you played that game and you were like, "Man, this storyline's so great," then geez, you might like the storyline of this movie. Um, what I really liked was seeing all the reviews of people that are like, "I've played every Mortal Kombat game since it was not even on like a console, and this movie was terrible." And I'm like, "I'm sorry." Have you read the storylines of half of the games that they've come out with? Because, like, Shaolin Monks, pretty bad. Mortal Kombat Deception, pretty bad. Deadly Alliance, not terrible. Armageddon, pretty bad. Um, I think that was the one where, like, Blaze is, like, the, the Conqueror dude. And he was, like, a throwaway joke character or something. I don't know. My point is... If you just want like a fun movie, Mortal Kombat's not bad. It's it's a decent movie for what it was meant to be, and that's just like a a throwaway action punchy fight movie. Right. I would like to say publicly on the podcast, in order to watch that movie, you need to have HBO Max. I asked I asked every one of my Hero Clicks group, my closest friends, I was at this man's wedding, and you think he could give me his HBO Max? No. No, he couldn't. But my brother asks one of his friends he not only gives us their hbo max but changes the password to calder is sexy 69 and i'm like are you are you this is so nice this is so this is what real friends do now the password has been changed since then not that you would be able to guess the email anyways but still like that's what friends do true friends they don't let you waste money to watch Zack snyder's garbage league justice league excuse me i misspoke um to actually have to pay for that trash, I mean, film, film, yeah, right, um, on HBO Max. They don't let you do that. They come in clutch. See, my friends... I'm not talking about that. anyone in particular. My friends who's were not, like... You know, who's not, not, you know, but... <laughs> yeah. Certain, you you only gentlemen. mentioned a wedding, and I don't know how many of us actually get married, us being Heroclix players. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True, though. True. At least... Uh, your brother's friend gave you the password. My friend was like, no, you can come here and watch it while I'm here, nah, but I'm not, not about giving that it life. to you. That's and I was like, ah, okay. So, yeah. I haven't watched what am I gonna do? Snyder Ooh. Film, but I, yeah, Ooh, I have watched I'm going to watch Doom Patrol. Oh, so scary <laughs> with your password. Like, what? Who cares? Hey, Doctor Who's on there, too. Oh, I guess, yeah, you can watch Doctor Who. But this is a very long tangent. And now I'm going to talk about my favorite thing, which is what made me happy this week, which was what really matters all along. Anyways, I kid, I kid. Uh, uh, we didn't mention it. I won't mention it later anyways. What made me happy this week was the two Wonder Woman pre-releases I got to play in. One, I absolutely destroyed. I bet if we would have done three rounds, I would have won all three. But I won two of my rounds. That was the one we did with Lucas, who uh, bought all the product from our local game store, and we played it uh, at Isaac's house. And so we, it was only four of us, five of us. So we were like, you know what, go nuts. Open, open like whatever, 
20 divided by five ish boosters each. Right. I ended up only opening six and everybody else opened up eight. But, uh, the whole way there, I was like, you know what? I should offer to be like, Hey Lucas, can I give you, you know, 30 bucks, buy these two boosters. And I'm like, ah, oh, for what? For two rares. You know, it was in my first booster, Simeon. I mean, if you've seen the video, you know, it was in my first booster, but it was yeah. chase guy Gardner. And I'm like, Oh man, there's some there's some sort of poetic justice about me. Let Lucas me tell you guys, I played in pulling the chase that I want or the the, the dial H wants. Uh, he's kind of a bad guy in that sense. Um, really, really. We did we did make no, a but I was like, man, I, I, so I feel it. like the least he could do That's is what I was just saying, give us yeah. all the chases that he's ever had in the last like five years. I think that, that would be nice. Even you with would us, think he would, but, but uh, you know. I would say so. Let's forget all the money he's given us on Patreon. You know, let's, forget, <laughs> let's skip over that. Uh, but yeah, it's so like those pre-releases were awesome. I won two games there. I'll have I'll upload the game I played against Kevin here a little bit. Didn't get the best camera angle. Didn't have a full tripod or setup or anything. So we were just sort of working with the bare bones. And then I played in the Highlander pre-release. Uh, so did one of our Patreon members, which is really cool, Bill. Um, and we were able to, well, I didn't play against him, but played three rounds, um, which reminded me of how terrible online hero clicks can be. Uh, the first round, I mean, I played against, uh, not going to name anyone's names, but was not very happy with their dice rolls. And that can just get really old. You know, it's like, hey, guys, look, you have bad luck. I have bad luck. I, I crit missed three times in a row. I murdered several pogs doing it and then dealt damage. And like, I still couldn't even bring in, uh, what's his face? Like, you, you ever want to crit miss with Devil Dino pogs? No, no, you don't. Um, so it sucks, right? That wasn't that wasn't the scenario necessarily, but still, like, I crit hit, I crit missed three times in a row. My real life dice landed on ones three times in a row. You know what I said to my opponent? My opponent was like, oh, dude, that really sucks. And I'm like, be like that sometimes. I didn't go, man, this game is sucky, stupid. Pee pee poo poo game, my dice bad. Like, nah, dude, it's a dice game. Who cares? All right, get over it. Get over yourself. Um, so yeah, don't complain about dice rolls. It looks dumb. Anyways, second game played against Anthony Bruno. Coffee and clicks. I'm not a coffee guy. He said if you wanted to be on the show, I could. I'd be like, you know what? I hate coffee. I hate kind of hate people that drink coffee. No offense, but you know what? There's a person I hate that would like to be on the show, and that would be Simeon Bruce because he does drink coffee. His soul <laughs> is black, as is his coffee. So he would. He would probably enjoy being on the show. So I actually, you know, Anthony, there's that. Uh, like, oh, really? when he was a new player or new, a lot newer player, um, him, Devin, and Anthony's brother were on a uh, 2018 Team Sealed really? Worlds. Team. He mentioned that. Yeah. So he I met him. That, then. Yeah. Because cool. Devin, Devin being my only friend, the only person that would be willing to talk to me. Right. In 2018, right. at a HeroClix event, yeah, I spent a lot of time hanging on to Devin. <laughs> Everyone's like, "I've you seen, could argue I've that seen his face." Still, posts, nobody so wants to talk to, to you. <laughs> yeah, even now, like, yeah. I, yeah. Um, and then the last game I played that day, which was like the uh, the, back, the coolest one. By the way, I lost every single game, guys. The first two games I lost by like ten points or five points, and it was like a ah, bummer or whatever. Um, Aries got up to six mission points. That was the highest he ever he ever got up to, which I wasn't playing. I wasn't banking on Aries to win. But anyways, uh, last game I played against Jasper. Jasper's from the Philippines. And you know what? Fan of the show. Fan of the podcast. Fan of the wow. YouTube channel. 
Really? That's pretty and cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, your name sounds familiar. And I was like, oh, I dial it for your clicks. And he's like, yeah, dude, I really like your YouTube channel. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So like I played against, you know, some really cool people that day for the most part. And it was really cool. And I was like, hey, I'm going to stream this game. It's going to be up on YouTube forever. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, it's like, that's really sweet. So I'm glad, you know, I'm just glad we had fun, had a good time. So I ended up taking home last place. Someone, someone has to, it's okay. You can't win them all. Um, but the cool part is, uh, we did roll offs for fellowship and I, I rolled a 10. So I, I got myself a wonder Woman play at home kit. So like, that's pretty cool. So did not go home a loser. No, sir. I mean, in a sense, yes, I do have three more losses added to my win loss record, uh, on the win, but monetarily speaking, now I pulled a chase or pulled a super during pre-release. Got Angleman object. Angleman's so fun, guys. Play Angleman. I played him on Saturday, and I played two of them in my sealed games on Friday. Dude, I I want to buy like six Angleman, something <laughs> else, whatever, and just play a three hundred point Angleman team because it's so funny. No, like him gonna, and Zarko and just dumb villains. He's gonna go so in funny, my pile dude. with Kite Man, where it'll be it'll be like Angleman, yeah, dude, Kite Man, Frog Man. All the like really weird guys who don't like have any synergy, not necessarily even like right. good pieces on their own. Hey, they're all green so far, actually. They're all That's Frogman, true. Angleman, and Kite Man all have green on their sculpt. Yeah. It's a good team. It's already a great team. Uh, but all right, that's enough about that. Like we said, guys, we're bringing new clicks on the block back. This week, uh, we're going to be talking about the rules since the rules are changing where to find them, what's an errata, where to ask about rules, house rules, uh, <clears throat> asking a judge at a tournament for rules, all this stuff. So if you want to skip clicks on the block, <clears throat> if you already know about, you know, like you're pretty good at hero clicks. You don't need to, you don't need to listen to this. You can skip to our normal episode where we talk about the news, answer some listener questions, blah, 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 and finish out a normal episode there. Uh, they'll have a timestamp in the description of this podcast if you want to jump to that part in the show. But without further ado, let's go ahead and send me and take it away with new clicks on the block. So, you screwed up. You know what you did was wrong. The question is, how are you gonna make things right? Maybe you were trying to be cool. Take it from a guy who's been frozen for 65 years. The only way to really be cool is to follow the rules. All right, so. I sure hope so. First things first, with this this go round of new clicks on the block. So we kind of tell told you how to get started. Luckily, we never did a deep dive into the rules. We just said, you know, know your PAC, know your rule book, um, refer to them frequently. But basically, <laughs> since we did this last time, that's all in the garbage. That's all been thrown away. So luckily, we never did a deep dive into that. So let's go with where can you find the rules and we already mentioned this a little bit first time we did this but i just want to i want to go to bare basics before we do anything else i want to say like how do we how do we even get started so let's go i'm going to explain this as if i was explaining it to like one of my grandparents who i love dearly you will type in wizkids.com all one word into your search bar or your URL bar. You will click on. You can literally Google HeroClix rules and that will actually take you right to it. The first thing will take you right there. So let's just, yeah, let's roll with that, baby. I wanted I wanted to go. My man. 
WizKids.com, click on products. Right, right. Your featured games will be shown there. There's two that you can ignore. Dice Masters and Attack Wings <laughs> are real things. We will click on Hero Clicks because that's what we're talking about. It will take you to the Hero Clicks game page. You can go to gameplay. It'll say, say how to play, team building, improve your game. It'll have formats, Hero Clicks FAQ, which if you click on that, it's a work in progress for the foreseeable future. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, but you can go to rules. The drop down from gameplay to rules will bring you the 2021 HeroClix core rulebook is what they're calling it. I beg to differ. I don't think it's quite a core rulebook, but it is what it is. And or whatever year it is when you're listening to this, whatever the yeah. rule book may be, this can yeah, kind of this is pretty still be the same. Wherever, whatever the most like the most current updated rule book recent is. rules, right? Um, we'll see that in the year 2021. We have the Wonder Woman 80th anniversary core rulebook, and we have the WWE single universe core rulebook, which only applies to WWE games that are. WWE exclusive. There's also the most updated PAC that is found there, which is a great resource. So this is where you can get it if you don't want to buy a starter. That is the other place to get it. Buying a starter. If you buy the most recent or semi-recent, tangentially most recent, then you'll right. also get these things. Yes, but this is for online but in real life, yeah, if you want to find it, just look for the most recent starter. You can ask your venue or look online, whatever has the newest dates that you can find. Should be the most updated starter. Yes. And then under the gameplay tab, again, if you go all the way down to HeroClix Rules Forum and you click on that one, that will take you to the HeroClix Rules Forum. So from here, you can click on HeroClix Rules Questions. They have a Team Abilities tab and errata and clarifications tab, tournament resources and modern age legality lists, and then HeroClix past rules archive. All of these are useful in their own ways. Uh, the past rules archive being a golden age only, and well, I guess technically silver age and golden age now only kind of thing, but it will have any kind of changes that happened to those characters. The HeroClix rules questions is where you can go to ask any questions for particular like figures that you're like, hey, this is a strange interaction. I really don't know how to do this. And my like local judge, because really that's who you should be going to first with these kind of questions is your local judge and then potentially online. And then here would be the last the last place that you should go. Um, but make sure you quote the rule in question. And then your question about the rule afterwards. So as an example, here the most recent one is the Fantastic Four Future Foundation 050 Herbie. The trait reads, Future Foundation Hall Monitor. Whenever a sidekick would be KO'd by an opposing effect, you may roll a d6 on a 4 through 6. Instead, turn that sidekick to its last non-KO click and place it in a square adjacent to Herbie. Gain 2 mission points for each sidekick placed by this effect. The question is... Do I gain two mission points for each sidekick placed by the effect throughout the whole game or only for each four through six rolled? The answer is you only gain the two mission points for each triggering effect. For example, 
if your opponent KOs three of your sidekicks with a single attack, you would roll for the effect three times. If you roll successfully all three times, you would gain six mission points. Pretty cool. WizKids, you know, they they don't always answer these if it's a rule that they feel they don't need to or if it's just, like, not worded correctly, they'll just ignore it. But that's where you go to post those. Next up, Heroclix Errata and Clarifications. Now, this tab What are has, those exactly, yeah. Simeon? So an what errata, is that? What is an errata? An errata is an actual change to how the character is written. So if I have a character that says, like, traded stealth and sidestep, and they errata that to say traded stealth, but only for obscuring terrain and sidestep, that is an errata. They have changed, they have effectively changed a figure that has been like made. They've changed it after the effect. That is an errata. You don't get new cards for these. So the reason that erratas are important is if you are playing in a tournament and you're playing a figure that has an errata, like a better example would be, let's see here. A better example would be somebody like uh, this guy here. Spider-Man 1776. He got an errata that says, Leadership Super Senses. When Spider-Man 1776 hits, until your next turn, opposing forces have action total minus one, minimum two. Opposing characters within six squares can't use leadership or autonomous. Uh, so if you're playing a 1776, his card is not actually up to date or correct. Uh, the errata is what would be tournament legal. If you're playing house games or just casually, you don't really have to pay attention to these. But if you're ready to enter the tournament setting, you will have to like check on these kind of things. Or at least make sure that your judge is aware, especially if one of them is affecting a character on your team. Um, so that's what an errata is. A clarification on the opposite hand of that is less of a change to the character's card and more of just a, uh, this is how we meant it to work. And we get that the wording is kind of weird. So here's better wording to show you what it was supposed to do all along kind of thing. Um, and so clarifications, let's see, here's one for Puppet Master from Future Foundation. Uh, his clarification is, the character's dial should have a 1 printed as the damage value on click numbers 1, 2, and 3. So that's a quote-unquote clarification. It's technically an errata, because his dial's incorrect, but his card is correct, so that's what they're clarifying i guess is whether you go by the card or the dial on that one right so clarifications usually just like hey we've got this mix them up or hey we've got this thing that's poorly worded errata's actual changes that they like realized hey this doesn't work the way that we intended we have to actually change this thing or if something was watch-listed and errated afterwards, these are usually considered like the nerf lists when something right. is quote-unquote nerfed would be an errata. And Simeon, what does nerf mean now? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go into that. That's basically it. Um, there is a Golden Age errata and clarifications list where you can post those questions and look at those kind yeah. of things. Um, so... 
yeah but it is important to know because if you get a lot of figures for free a lot of the times it's just some of that stuff isn't accurate anymore so if you do end up building your teams like if you look at them in your hand and you're like okay cool and then you go to a team building website like hc realms or something most of the time the wording will be changed on the main trait and then directly under that figure there will be an errata or clarification directly like under it so they'll let you know you're never gonna be yeah. caught off guard at least on ancient realms if you're just looking at your own cards and stuff the cards may be out of date uh there's only one instance i know of when a figure got a updated card but for the most part WizKids does not send out new updated cards nor are you able to print off an updated card because they stopped doing print and play quite some time ago right Hopefully this changes sometime in the future, far off future, when you're listening to this, like, oh, those guys are idiots. I can print off every card. It's, it's They're totally available online. I would love that to be true. But yeah, now, that's, that is where we're at for rules and clarifications. Places to go before you go to WizKids and the win system to ask your questions and look up. So this is the place to go to make sure that the erratas and clarifications for your figures are up to date. Mm -hmm. And luckily, when you click on erratas and clarifications, if you click on the the last page, it'll be the last page will be the most recent stuff. So that'll help you narrow down what exactly you're looking for. But better places to go before you do this is the Facebook HeroClix rules chat. That's a great place. If I've got a, just a generic question, I'm like, hey, how does this work? That's where I'm going to go now. Luckily, there's some smart people in there that sometimes will be like, hey, we don't actually know how WizKids is ruling this yet. Check back when we do kind of thing. Um, alternatively, they'll have, you know, a lot of times they'll be like, hey, like the the trait is worded like this. It most likely works like this or just it straight up does work like that. So that's a great place to go online. And then, of course, if you're in a venue you will always defer to the judge. It's the same will go for like tournaments. During tournaments, you always defer to the judge. So if the judge makes a bad ruling, you can call them on it. You can like try and look up the rules and correct them. But at the end of the day, in a tournament setting, the judge's ruling is the ruling for that tournament. So kind of in that situation, it just kind of is what it is. Judges can be wrong, but. I mean, that's what they do. So usually they can, but it's right. it's once again, it's this heat of the moment thing. So yeah, and you're asking them like what they know is any good judge pretty much has like the pack in the rule book and any weird interactions that might happen pretty much memorized. So any like basic question, they should be able to answer to you right away. Um, if they once we get whatever all this yeah that rule being said, out and everything. Yeah, that being yeah. said, we're gonna have a a small window where it's going to be the most like tumultuous ruling time right. for a little while where like so, we, we have some gaps in the works and stuff but unless you're listening to the listening to this like exactly when it comes out uh, this probably won't be the case in the future we'll probably have everything ironed out right and it'll be back if to there the is some instance where the rule book doesn't mention it or like in the case of golden age rules you just look back on when it was last ruled and that's what it is so if you have a team base or something along those lines and you don't know how to play it because all the team base cards, literally every card in existence for team bases is now wrong. Well, 
just go to the last checked section uh, for all that stuff, for all these rules. They, they got errated and changed and whatever. So yeah. just, you know, especially if you're like, oh, I don't know X under the new rules because they don't mention it, then I would just play it how it was played before. So check like the, um, which if you ever want to know what the old rules are, super easy. Uh, previous core rules are under at the bottom of this total Hero Hooks gameplay rules format page. So uh, as of right now, the, the previous rules are 2017 for right now. So, oh, you mean classic? Uh, but they don't have those. Uh, let's not get into that. 2017. Let's not get into that. Ah, let's not, so let's not get into that. It's technically so still they have. They have sequence cards. They have general rules clarifications, as well as I believe the, the near the closest year is 2019 right now. So that'll actually be where you're going to look. Uh, they have a comprehensive rule book for that, which is awesome. They also have Spanish and Chinese translations, which is pretty cool. Um, also, here you can find rules for things like Mage Knight and the Lord of the Rings campaign rules, which I guess are useful. And then right on top of the Heroes core releases, you can figure out which figures are modern legal right now so that's also really cool weird place to put it i know yeah. um but if they keep updating it look like this is uh a broken link and takes it to a board that is a requested topic does not exist which is a bummer but the here the modern age figures you can always find uh either on hc realms or clicks nexus or on the win they should have a post showing literally every single figure that is modern age um, but yeah uh, if yeah. you ever don't know what something does or there is no rule about it they because also, sometimes they just leave gaps, I guess. In you the, can refer back to old rules, and I would just let those happen. In the wind system, I would just the, use those. the rules forums, they do also have a tab for uh, tournament resources and modern age legality lists. And if you click on the, like, the modern age legality list there, you there you'll get the most current... Uh, you'll get the most current legality, what has rotated kind of thing on page one of that. So it takes a little bit of getting used to, uh, like I said, Facebook rules chat, hero clicks rules chat. That is, um, that's a great place to just completely spam the moderators there with any questions. But to be honest, it's a fairly, uh, I wouldn't say inactive, but it's not like they're overwhelmed with questions. And for the most part, Heroclix players are pretty kind when it comes to answering questions, uh, no matter how simple they seem to a, a seasoned player. Um, there's a lot of like weird interactions that just seem kind of strange, and the pack and the core rulebooks don't always cover everything. So those are the, the basics for those rules. So next, let's go with how to step up your game. So this is for people that have already been playing, you're already enjoying Heroclix, and you just want to know, you know, how to not lose every game. Because I know I lost probably like the first 50 games I ever played in Heroclix. It was just constant losing, losing, losing. And I was like, ah, this is a great character. And I just wasn't using it to its full effectiveness. And then later on, I'd be like, ah, I could have done this, this, and this. It would have been great if I had known that. Stuff like that. So how to step up your game with super basic step. Knowing your team's weaknesses. So if you're building a team, and this takes a little bit of practice. It takes a little bit of like finesse and like learning 
just how hero clicks works in general but if i'm playing a really close combat team and i realize that i can't cross the board fast enough and my opponent is playing a like heavy range team or you know something like that i'm going to need to know like how how do i capitalize on a situation where my team is really close combat based and I need to get across the board. Maybe I need to swap out some pieces for a taxi, somebody who can carry me up really far. Maybe I need to invest in some more telekinesis powers in my team, whether that's with objects or with characters that have it on their starting click. Um, if I'm a heavy range-based team, maybe I need to have some more like protection against close combat. So maybe I need like a small variety of figures that can kind of block off the opposing team from getting close to me while I shoot at them, that kind of thing. What do you, what do you have for what's a solid weakness that you've seen in like a team you've ran recently Calder? a solid weakness? I would say maybe not necessarily in the team. Like I built it, but uh, the way I played it is if you're about to stick your like figure on the line, stick your neck out and really try to go for some damage, you should look at it. How will their next turn change if I take out this figure? Is it going to affect them that much? You know, like if I really overreach my bounds and I can only manage to take out one figure, right? If everything goes wrong, I miss all the attacks and I only kill one figure. What is their next team? You know, what's their next turn going to look like? What are they going to be able to do? How can they retaliate for what you've done? So really think about, you know, and sometimes you don't have to kill a figure either. You just have to damage lots of other figures but i know tons of tons and tons of times i have made this same mistake where I, I overreach with just one of my figures i like perplex him up send him out does a bunch of damage or maybe he even like misses the attack and then i'll, I'll watch my opponent not even use the figure that i was like gunning for that entire turn and then like take apart the dude i just sent out and i'm like me killing one of their figures was not going to change that turn so you really have to Picking and choosing targets and understanding uh, which ones are important to take out and which ones aren't uh, is huge. Yeah. It's huge. Like, yeah, that's that's one of to me. I know that's the biggest problem that I have. I I can't stand sitting around in my starting area waiting for my opponent to come to me. I just I can't do it. So I, I always want to try to like, and I always end up normally this when I make a bad flaw is like I overreach and then they just pick me apart and it's terrible. So. Definitely think about all the actions you're going to take. Let's say, let's not say they all miss, but it, it goes 50-50. What's your opponent going to be able to do to you next turn? Just just think about that before you overreach or overstep or move up to one place, right? It can be as simple as, I move here. Well, shoot, that's within their running shot range. So don't do that. Move behind barrier or move behind, you know, a wall blocking terrain, a different elevation, something, you know? You have to think about, like, when you're moving up, you have to be careful. And it's just a lot of his positioning, making sure your opponent doesn't get these easy shots off on you, understanding your opponent's range, their charge, their hypersonic, their running shot, telekinesis, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, Nick, knowing your opponent's range is huge. If they've got two perplexes and they've got a running shot, then assume that, like, both of those perplexes go into either speed or range and they'll be able to get to like you know plus two squares from where their character is printed at going and feel free to like count those squares out be like well if you're using this character 
Like your opponent can't fault you for figuring out what their character's capability is. So definitely do that before you take your turn. And if you're comfortable, like you've got a figure with energy shield or stealth or something, and you're comfortable putting them into a piece of hindering terrain or just forwards, that's fine. Likewise, if your opponent puts like a character forward, like Calder just said, uh, maybe don't overreach because it's possible that they're like, if you can only reach to one character, it's quite possible. There's a reason why they left that character up there for you to get to. They're like, Oh, well your reach is X. I'll put this character right, like right within your reach, but that makes you like overextend to this point, And I'm comfortable with you doing that because after your turn, I'll be able to do this and this and this kind of thing. So yeah, like knowing what your opponent's team is capable of as far as reach is really good, but also knowing what your team's capable of. Um, if I can running shot and then TK my character back, that's extremely helpful. If I can running shot and leave my character in a solid position where I feel like they're fine. If I have a throwaway character that I'm willing to send up and just like let them, let them have the, those points or whatever, then that's also fine. Um, how I typically play a casual game is I just kind of throw my team up halfway and I'm like, no matter what you do, I'll be able to get to you next turn. And, you know, they'll come and attack my team. Some of my characters will survive. Some of them won't. And then uh, we'll just kind of slog it out from there. But at least, like, you know, I'm not sitting there waiting the whole time because that's that's just not how I play. But uh, when it comes to, like, more competitive kind of aspects, you really want to get that first kind of, like, not necessarily, like, first hit. But you definitely want to get that momentum swinging in your direction by turn three. And a lot of that has to do with how engaged your entire team is. Because if you can only engage with one character and you're expending a bunch of actions to engage with just one character, it better be a really solid character that's worth sending across the board like that. And I think that goes into action economy and why why action economy matters. So action economy, for a normal 300-point game, you only have three actions. Leadership will grant you a fourth action. Uh, there's some other random you know figures that can give you a plus one action that's outside of leadership so you can get up to five but typically you'll see three or four and so this is why you don't want to make a team that's just you know like 20 new clones because 20 new clones right. <laughs> by themselves bad action economy yes you have a lot of attackers no you will not be able to use like more than half of them at any given time um so there's characters like uh, the Borg Queen from the Star Trek set who lets you all adjacent characters for a, a plus one plot point can do a move action, a close action, or a ranged attack kind of thing. Um, she gives them the ability. She gets to pick one, and they get to do that. So she's great for letting characters move out or if she's in a clumped up group, letting them all attack in one turn, that kind of thing. There's not a lot of options like that, though. Uh, leadership's pretty much your own, only thing. So when you're building a team, make sure you like know, you know, if I'm at six or seven figures on my team, there better be a lot of like free actions like sidestep and things like that going on 
because otherwise there's just characters that are going to wait a turn or two every turn to do anything. Uh, I have no, like in sealed, I've built many teams in sealed where certain characters just never end up moving out of my starting area because, you know, it's just way more effective for me to keep using the same four characters over and over. And I'm like, geez, I don't even know why I built with that character. All they've done this whole game is like sat in my starting area. Um, so yeah, knowing your action economy, assuming if you put a leadership on your team, you'll be able to do four actions every turn is a pretty solid bet. Uh, knowing like, Hey, I've got a dedicated TK. That's one action. I'll have three after that. Those kind of things. It's not the most important thing in hero clicks, but it's, it's pretty important when it comes to competitive play to being able to make sure you're using your figures to your full value and also using your team build to its full value. If you're overbuilding, if I'm building with 20 Wendigos, sure, I've got a 300-point team that looks scary, but at most I'm using three every turn because there's just not a lot of free actions they can do. Um, right. Yeah, it's just, it ends up being more of a waste of points than anything else because, you know, if I can slip a leadership on there, if I can do a lot of other different things. It helps my team out way more than just spamming the same figure over and over. And then the last thing we're going to mention for stepping up your game is uh, knowing modern maps and knowing what map your team that you're building is like best on. So for modern maps, uh, the hcmaps.net not only do they have the maps on here, they've also got Roll20 assets, which we'll get into next time we talk about uh, new rules and the new clicks on the block. But knowing what kind of modern maps you might see and which ones you want to play on is really good. This will just give you the basics of what the terrain looks like. So if you've got a heavy range team and you're like, I'm going to outrange most of my opponents, you get to pick three maps. So pick one map that your team is like perfect on pick one map where if your team doesn't work especially well against your opponent like maybe you've got a, a range close team and so you pick a really closed off map so they can't shoot at you but then your opponent also has a really like close range team maybe you want something a little bit more open so that you have more lines of fire to them uh Alternatively, if you think you're going to outrange most people and then your opponent has a map and you're like, oh, geez, he's going to outrange me. Maybe you have a map on your build list where you've got like closer lines of fire so they can't quite outrange you. They have to like maneuver more. A uh, lot of little like things like that. There's I mean, there's just plenty of maps to choose from. I'm not even going to like shout any out. There's so many maps. New maps come out with every set. There's tons of like fun thematic looking maps, and then there's some that are like oppressive for one reason or another. Um, right. Another thing is like if you have a lot of flyers, picking a map that's got like heavy elevation, um, that's pretty big. If you don't have any flyers or anyone that can carry your team, try and pick maps that don't have a whole lot of elevation because if your opponent keeps moving back and forth between different elevations, it's going to really slow your team down. Right. I mean, after a while, you should just be able to look at a map and sort of tell, like, WWE Arena, 
it's clear it's got obscuring and very small amounts of hindering besides that it's a totally open basically blank canvas map you know you're like well my team is super super range heavy it's got stealth perfect map right yeah. and there's some other maps where it's like tons of walls tons of whatever well, my team is very close based we cannot fly i want to you know just a map that maybe just has a bunch of hindering or sorry just a bunch of blocking that's indoors or you're like well i've got giants on my map so i would like whatever you can choose like a map that has a ton of blocking and outdoors you know you can see over it your opponent well, can still see you but like Think about stuff like that, you know, the team you're building around, what's the kind of map, what's a bad matchup for it, what's an okay matchup for it. And sometimes, I mean, this is all this is all just about you understanding a play game, but like I just sometimes I just play maps that are just like whatever, dude. Like WWE training area, just because it's funny. Funny to me for whatever reason, or if I want to play on Otherworld Castle, because it's a castle, you know? Yeah. But there are there are certain maps that after playing for a while, you should be able to tell, okay, this is a good spot here these are the line of fire you know like oh if i put a piece of barrier or a piece of blocking here then this entire room is cut off or something you know like check out the map really look at once you once you play more you're going to be able to understand how all these little pieces of terrain and honestly the more you play you'll realize the map is probably the most important thing that you bring and i know a lot of players that'll show up to events without maps at all um which is crazy. And then I know players, and that's not a slight against you, Kevin. It's just, I I, I, I played against people at Worlds that didn't bring maps, you know? And I'm like, you're yeah. at Worlds. You're at Worlds. Are you yeah, serious? They'll like win you the know? So like, and then be like, I guess I defer to you because I didn't bring a map. Yeah. That happened yeah. more than once to me like, uh, at Worlds. And yeah. So uh, definitely map... always bring a map. In my Heroclix bag, I always have at least like two or so maps just in my bag. They just stay there, you know? So I'm not hauling anything crazy around, just like two good maps. Yeah. That's probably the best advice I could give you. Choose two solid maps. And by two, I mean one that's got double-sided, one that's also double-sided. So and if it's you're trying simple. to break into like some good competitive play, it helps to like work outside of your wheelhouse. So if I'm practicing a team that I think is going to be good at like a WKO or a States or Nationals or something, I'm going to play it on every map that I've seen people play. Um, I might not play it on like a few modern maps that I'm just like, ah, not a lot of people play this map, but I'm going to play it on like the really closed off maps and the really open maps. And I'm going to test like, you know, on this specific map, like what's my turn one, what am I doing? Because like, I don't like this map kind of thing. And that helps a lot. That's, uh, that's really probably the best way to get like really into the competitive in my opinion i will i will concur so yeah so stepping up your game a lot of it is like i said after you know how to play understanding positioning understanding positioning in relative to the map and all that stuff i mean it's it's tough when we say like this is going to step up your game but also you just sort of have to play for a while for these things to even make sense to you in the beginning You're like oh why does everybody keep shooting me because you keep putting it on an open map or something, you know, or you keep overstepping your reach. It's it's very simple stuff like this. I also, uh, if you're more worried about team building on our YouTube channel, I have one team building video. I believe it's the second one in it that, well, both of them have this little chart, but I go over things that I like to put on my team where it's whenever I build for events, I need to understand what I'm building for. So is it golden age, modern age, silver age? What figures can I use? 
Are there any banned figures? Is it a thing like Popper or Silver Age where figures are banned because they're either too high rarity or whatever, right? So first you need to understand what figures can I use for building a team and et cetera. And I sort of go into my mindset between building teams and what I think is a good base for team building. We, we might, I don't know, make a new clicks on the block about just team building, although I believe we had that last time. I don't know. But if you guys do want to watch that, that is on our YouTube channel uh, for you to listen to slash watch. Yeah, we can do some deeper dives into different aspects and different types of team building. We kind of glossed over the basics last time, but um, yeah, this is just kind of like still like in like the casual approach. Um, I'm not going to say this is going to make you a top tier competitor, but this is like what you need to look for and the things that you need to be prepared for and keep in mind if you are competing and if you are just uh, a new player in general, I guess, you know. Because it doesn't hurt to like count range and line of fire as a new player. It doesn't hurt to know modern maps as a new player. None of this is bad for casual play, but it is necessary for competitive play. Oh, that would be correct, yeah. The news! All right, so this has been a really slow news week, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? That is a-okay with me. So, uh, personal news, the JSA AFSP tournament, I believe is the right, uh, concluded this week. The winner was none other than superfan Lucas Tom Van Holland. And a thing that we didn't mention, what made us happy, but did make me and Simeon both very happy because it was awesome and hilarious, was the Scott Porter cameo that Dial H donated uh, as prizing to the event. Simeon, you want to go into that a little bit, but uh, basically Scott Porter went above and beyond making sure Lucas got a, I mean, a great cameo. And it was, you can check it out on our Facebook and our Twitter. They'll have links to the cameo video. But as we all know, Scott Porter is the charismatic enigma that does the uh, Heroclix unboxings yeah. on the so... WizKids YouTube channel. But Simeon, you want to go through the process uh, and kind of, yeah, tell, tell us a, bit, a little bit about it, because it was really cool. We don't have to spend too much time on it, because they can watch it for themselves, for yeah. sure. But it was really sweet. So the JSA Clicks, um, the charity event already had a ton of physical prizing donated. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I could donate like something, you know, like looking at my figures and different stuff. And I was like, you know what, let's, let's donate something that's not tangible. So I was like, let's do a cameo from Scott Porter shouting out the winner. And... You know, that's that's what we what we rolled with. So we added that to the prize pool. Lucas won. Uh, sadly, he won. <laughs> of all the people, man. I'm going to be honest with you. When it kind of came down to, like, the top 16 or whatever, I was like, you know what? It'd be really cool if Lucas won. He's a pretty yeah. all right guy. I know I, I know we talk a lot, but, like, we wouldn't – we would never uh, – rag on somebody who we didn't like on this show no, so no, whenever you, you think we're making fun of somebody we would just not mention him yeah. at all so Absolutely. yeah we like lucas he's a fun guy um so yeah and it's funny to haha react his hero flicks <laughs> post it's an endless joy to me yes that's true. whole other thing sorry he's live. go for it um especially so yeah that was that was the deal we made we said uh so of course the jsa uh afsp that's the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention charity event. 
was hosted by Jay Solomon, Canadian hosting an American foundation. That's fine. It's really cool of Jay, actually. Um, the charity event actually it doubled the goal. So that was really cool on top of everything else. Lucas went, uh, I don't remember what his exact record is, but he went undefeated throughout the tournament, which was pretty awesome. Um, I donated some charity probs to him along the way because I did want to see uh, Lucas on top. If anybody was going to be there, I wanted it to be him. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of the everything, once we finally had a winner, I sent the, the cameo in. It's 250 characters limit, so I was like, man, I just can't fit everything that I want to fit in there, and that kind of sucks. But I sent it in anyhow, and Scott Porter reached out to the podcast and asked us, you know, hey, give me some more details. What was his build? What's going on? Like, different stuff like that. And he was just all around a really cool dude. He, you know, Scott Porter being from Nebraska, grew up in Millard, which is technically like west omaha if you if you're chance mccall then you believe city limits end where tiny tributaries and villages begin but omaha is actually a much larger city than uh what the map says so millard is technically in my opinion part of omaha um but scott reached out being a fellow omaha person he went above and beyond with uh yeah with what he did in the cameo he just didn't have to reach out to us he chose to he did a lot of like background information figured out like kind of who lucas was as a person some different stuff that like made his team special you know just really made it feel like it was a a personalized message like yeah that's what cameo says it is but like half the time you'll get things not to blow up whatever random celebrity I choose, like Brett Favre. He'll be like, hey, uh, this is Brett Favre here. Hey, John, uh, happy birthday, Brett Favre, quarterback, Packers. Jeez. You know, like, 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 it's boring. It's lame. Like, some of them, they give you, like, nothing. And, like, Scott, like, you know, shoot, even if I was doing someone a shout, I don't know if I would have even went that far. Like, he, he just did, like, research into it. He made it funny. It was great. It was really cool. And, like, I wonder how many takes he did. It might be might be a one take wonder, but it almost felt like he wrote himself like a full script and was like, "All right, we've got everything perfectly memorized." Like, I mean, the guy's an actor, so obviously he's going to be good at this. Like, speaking to a camera and everything is easier for some people than it is. And like, it just blew my mind. It was yeah. it was awesome. It was really cool. And like, he threw some inside jokes into there. Yeah, it was great. Know. And he um, totally didn't have to mention me or you at all in it. Yeah, and he didn't. Like, oh, I was that actually was nice surprised that he, you know, he actually like, oh, cool. figured out what our names were and uh, threw those in there. He pronounced um, mine correctly, and I was like, well. "What? Yeah. I'm surprised." I, I right? normally get the Simon, Simon and I'm, almo- yeah. I'm always the Simon. But uh, <laughs> Scott Porter, he knew it was Simeon, so you know, was good like, on him man, for knowing that, how how letters change blew my words. Mind. No, but like we don't say that. Like you almost make it sound to me like it's it's actually we, me, and you have lived our lives getting our names pronounced wrong every yes. other day, every week, or every month yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, no, like and it's like it was cool. I like it. I dug it. And everybody, some up, dude who's yeah. like listening to this, whose name like Steve is like, what are you guys on about? And I'm like, bro, you don't know. You don't yeah. know a struggle. Growing growing up as somebody like who was in tournaments where they'd have to announce your name to like go to different places. 
in the tournament. The fact that he read my name and was able to pronounce it correctly without me like telling him phonetically. Because afterwards, I was like, oh, I didn't even tell him. But like this was after watching the video and he pronounced it correctly. I was like, wow, like he just straight up knew how to say it. It's yeah. actually, I mean, pretty sweet. It's cool. I'm batting, I'm batting like one out of ten on people correctly pronouncing my name, especially whiz through, kids throughout life. People. So anyone related to whiz kids, like yeah. So uh, it was pretty. That was a pretty impressive. But then on top of everything, on top of him just doing a really amazing shout out for. Uh, Lucas and just, you know, being like an all around, like cool dude, like reaching out to us to get more information and everything. Right. He also donated the cameo fee that he, he was paid for this whole thing. He donated that to the AFSP uh, donation drive that it was still live at the time. I think it is still live at this point. Right. Yes. If you want to it's donate, live it's still point. there. If you're like, um, oh, cool. I didn't so have a link chance is to... still up. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just really cool. Like, not only did he go out of his way, do all this extra work, and made the the win that Lucas got seem like even more cool than it already was. Um, he also just, you know, donated the money that we paid him to do that back to the charity. So that was pretty. I awesome. mean, he did it for free. Like he yeah. he not only went above and beyond, but he then he did all of that for free you know he didn't keep any of it like that's that's just really cool it's yeah. really cool yeah yeah so yeah um the link is still up on our our facebook and our twitter both links um both to the video of scott porter doing the cameo for lucas and the donation link are both still up so if you're interested in either of those facebook twitter both of those up there um yeah Fantastic. So that was our, our bit of personal news for some real news that is also still related to Scott Porter here. Uh, we have uh, a little bit of a clarification, and I will say this is a clarification, on the Silver Age tournament that is going to be happening for the Scott Porter Invitational. So I I sort of you know feel a little bad when I got to watch this when I'm supposed to be quote-unquote working, but I threw it in my pocket, put my headphones in, and kind of listened to this live stream for most of the for most of the stream, I won't, I won't say I was super active on all of it, but Scott mentioned that during his Silver Age events, that'll be the Saturday events on the 15th of May uh, for the Huntingtons. And we talked about this last episode, but I'll still throw a link in there. But he, he added a little thing to the Silver Age tournament where he said that you have to have at least uh, two figures on your team that are related. So he really wants to stress theme. He wants it to be about family, which is really cool. And now I hope that changes how people will, I don't know how to say it, uh, but will change their team building, like the way they do it. So now it's like, oh, I can make a really cool comic accurate team. Now, this is a little tough uh, when you're trying to think like, whoa, who's related? But yeah, so he also said, you know, he mentioned that if you play a Batman family, Spider-Man family, family's in the name, but it's not quite what they're going for. But they'll be like, yeah, it's cool. I'll allow it. Um, so there's like, I don't know if it's quite fellowship prizing, but it is still, you know, you still want to build a good team because it is still a tournament. But now you need to figure out how to put two people that are related on the team. And me and Simeon were like, you know, at, at first I was like, oh man, who the heck is even related in Hero Clicks? You know, there's, but then you're like, you know, once you think of it, you're like, you know, there's siblings in Hero Clicks. There are fathers and sons, mothers, daughters, etc. Switch those either way you want to. There's entire families. So I would, I'm going to ask you, everybody, 
to not play Fantastic Four that is so lame and unoriginal. Now, if you <laughs> if you don't care, if you don't care about being lame and unoriginal, please play the Fantastic Four. If you really don't care Fantastic about being lame, Four like was the super first lame. Thing I thought about when I when I thought and unoriginal Heroclix family. That's the easiest that comes to mind. It's it um, is it is the easiest to come that it would just be the easiest yeah. for sure. But, yeah, but I think have... if you get past that barrier and say, like, oh, I can just make a really good Fantastic Four theme team. Like, you know, you know, stop and think. Stop and think for a second <laughs> and don't do that. And then, like, once you get that out of your brain, you can be you can see so much cool stuff. So, like, just like the first two figures I thought of was like Peggy Carter and Sharon Carter, you know, aunt and niece. Uh, Hawkeye and Trickshot, they're brothers. You know, this is all modern age stuff still. I don't know how Thor and Loki would go. They're not technically related, but I mean, they're brothers, you know, like. So Thor and Odin, for sure, you can 100% make a team on as yeah. well. as Technically, yeah, Hela, so like also Hela. related. If you use like the movie version, for sure. I don't know what anything about the comic version, but like for sure, the movie versions related yeah, to Thor the, and Odin and all that jazz. I'm not sure how the comics still oh. stand, but um, the the assassin lady, uh, what was her name? Um, wow. Yes, wow, wow, wow. The assassin, Angela. Wow, wow, wow. Angela, oh, Angela. also yeah. an Odin daughter. Odin, so, Odin daughter, yeah. Yeah, she's also in the family tree there. Um, yeah, there's a ton of, like an absolute ton of different stuff. Uh, you can do, one I was considering was uh, Gwen Stacy and her dad, uh, Captain Stacy, who we only have one of in silver, but that's an option. Uh, there's a lot of like just random kind of like one-off character combos, but that's fine, you know. Um, yeah, it's fine. Right. So it's just something to think about. It's a fun way to team build. So I don't know if it's like, you know, you put two people that are related on a team and be like, okay, we have them out of the way. And then you build a team that's just good with a keyword they share or something. And then it's like, well, these people were never all in one room together, so that's not going to quite fit our thematic event. I don't know how strict they're going to be on the theming of it all um and i can't remember let me actually double check to see if it had to be a theme team it does not have to be a theme team so sadly all it says is that it's 300 points silver age figure ownership not required it doesn't mention that on the document yet but this is something that scott said during the live stream so i believe they said they're going to have an updated document soon right now we have no idea but since scott messaged it and it's pretty much scott being the big organizer, or so at least the uh, head idea man for this tournament, it's pretty safe to assume you should start looking at people that are related to each other. Um, and if you're unsure, you can look up like families in, your, uh, in comics or Google like brothers and sisters in com, you know, siblings, whatever, right? You can look all that stuff up. And I think it's cool because it it kind of gives people that really have, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, you filthy casuals that only play this game because you're good at it or something and don't read comic books. <laughs> I'm a comic book reading extraordinaire who's read comic books since before you were born, kiddo. Looking at you, Isaac Berkowitz. Yeah, I'm super old and I read comic books and I know how everybody's related to each other. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah calm down, buddy. Calm down. Calm down. Like, that is cool. It's It sort of does like, hey. If you know more about comics, you can probably find more pairings and stuff. You know, like, I don't know who Kite Man's related to. Probably nobody else that's made in Heroclix. I'd supremely doubt it. But, hey, you never know. Like, or are Bud and Lou. I'm sorry. I just pulled up probably Quinn and Gotham Girls. Like, are they related? Are they the same I mean, pack Mary Chihuahua, and Billy Chihuahuas, whatever? Right. Stuff like that. The Shazam yeah, family. There's Damian Wayne and Goliath from Rebirth. 
he's related to him on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah he's so. related to Bruce Wayne and all Batmans that have that name. Uh, there's Superboy yeah. and Superman. Like there's a ton of, there's a ton of little stuff in there. You can even, if yeah. you, if you're so casual that you're willing to play Star Trek, you can even play Wesley Crusher with his mom. Ooh. So Ooh. there's that, you know, for those Star Trek people that really want that Wesley Crusher and, uh, you know, <laughs> Wesley's not, Wesley's actually not bad. Um, Dr. Beverly Crusher. Yeah. yeah. But once she's, again, if you're playing with Star she's Trek, okay. she's, probably play a you know, scientist theme with anything else. But or the Ninja Turtles, because it's hey, it's Silver Age. You can just play all the Ninja Turtles together. I'm sure they would love you for doing that. They'd be like, "Whoa, you're playing Ninja Turtles with Casey Jones, Splinter, and April O'Neil. That's an awesome team. Like that is just actually an awesome team. So like, there's really once you start thinking about it, there's not that it's not as narrow as you think. You just you can't play Unimind. Sorry. Maybe you can, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if the Eternals are actually might, related or anything. I might just play a if they are, theme suck. team and be like, well, technically they Ooh. all share a hive mind. So it's like one big happy family. I think if you have to go technically, Scott's going to be like, mm, but no. So, But technically. I feel I feel like I don't know about technicallys. Mm, but technically. Mm, but technically. But no, though. But anyways. That is uh, that is some slight news that was announced through it. The rest of it, you know, it kind of had some cool, uh, some stuff here and there about like what Scott would choose for you know a figure he would want made, and he like mentioned the some Invincible comics or some like other comic series that I'm I only read Marvel or DC, so I don't care about any other <laughs> random comic company. But it, yeah, he mentioned cool stuff like that. Um, it was a pretty cool live stream. It was definitely better than other past WizKids Heroclix related live streams because we actually got to learn things. It was very cool. Very, very cool. Don't know who I could be talking about. But yeah, that's it, guys. It's sweet. I dig it a lot. So that is that is it. Anything you want to mention about anything else before we end the news? Invincible's gotten really popular since they made an animated show on like Amazon. And I just want to say Invincible's been a comic for like over 10 years now. Um, probably over like longer than that, but I, I've read and finished that like years ago and now people are like, this would be such a great hero click set. And I'm like, yeah, it kind it of was. was at one point. Also the comics, like there's way more interesting stuff that happens in the comics than I haven't seen the show, but I assume the show at most goes into like the first comic arc. So there's not even like the, the secondary invasion, the younger brother, although like the really crazy stuff that like happens, probably not even in the series yet. But I'm glad that you have that cool thing that you just found. And that's like truly, I'm not even saying that sarcastically. If you're just now getting into image comics because of that, that's cool because that's that's a great place to start. But I, I was still there first, and Hipster Simeon says he's better than you because he saw it first. Mm, Hipster Simeon Before sounds about cool. right. Sounds about right. Before it was cool. Yeah. Okay, well, fantastic. Uh, this will bring the segment of the show where we'll jump into community and answer us a Malcolm Rush question block. That's in Japan! Japan? No, 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 no. I can't go to Japan. All right. Well, Malcolm's got some questions about colors. 
if you're colorblind, I'm sorry. Uh, but now we're going to talk about colors. Uh, he just says they're silly. So we can probably keep this pretty quick. We're not going to get too serious. But what's your favorite color, Simeon? So, yeah, this isn't actually oh. true. But I'm just yeah. going to say black okay. or gray. And since Heroclix doesn't technically okay. have a gray, it's a silver, I have to go with black for these questions. Right. Okay, gotcha. Mine is blue. Uh, and I'm going to go with a darker blue since I like a darker blue color. Be. I don't know what that, what that means, <laughs> but okay. Which is your favorite and least favorite power that is that color, Simeon? So black. Uh, favorite for black. So my options are stealth, steel energy, regeneration, and outwit. My favorite out of those four has to be outwit. And then mm, least okay. favorite, just out of process of elimination, has to be stealth. If I'm getting one of those powers on my dial, I prefer it to be those other three before stealth. Okay, gotcha. Uh, my favorite dark blue power is going to be shape change. Uh, just so you know, what we're picking is shape change, mastermind, penetrating psychic blast, or plasticity. So my favorite, shape change. My least favorite is going to be plasticity. Probably tied with mastermind, honestly. Just, yeah, they're not powers I use a lot. Uh, number three is which hero looks characters is your favorite and least favorite that has your favorite color somewhere on their dial. Yeah. Um, so favorite hero clicks yeah. character, just character in general, is, of course, Wolverine. And he definitely has regeneration. Multiple right. figures have that. That's uh, not usually steel energy, sometimes stealth, but always regen or some form of healing. And then vampires, would be a close second favorite with steel energy. Not always printed on their dial, but at least traded usually. Um, I just love my vampire dials. I really, you know, especially Dracula from Fear Itself, but most vampires are cool. All right. Uh, both these figures are going to have my favorite power, which is shape change on it. My favorite figure that has shape change on the dial is Super Scroll, to nobody's yeah. surprise, I'm sure. But he's yeah. just awesome. I really like him. And my least favorite is going to be uh, any and all Kamala Khans that have shape change or plasticity. <laughs> I, whew, I just hate her, I tell you what. All right. Fantastic. Moving right along. Uh, yeah. Yikes. I Could you embiggen yourself out of this video game, please? And thank you. You are awful. Uh, which hero whose character is your favorite and least favorite that has a sculpt with your favorite color on it? Um, so for you, it would be people that have black predominantly on their sculpt. Yeah, wow. so I went with a a character that was sculpted completely in all black. It's not Etrigan from World's Finest. No, no, it's his re-sculpt that they just shamelessly painted completely black, and that's Generic Demon. Um... I don't dislike this guy Amazing. because of his dial. His dial is fine, I guess, but it's three clicks. It's pretty boring, and also his sculpt is just Etrigan completely painted different shades of black. It's one of the worst generics that I own a lot of. Ooh. I actually kind of want a bunch of demon generics because I want to eventually make like a custom Doom Slayer and just like slaughter them all i think it'd be really funny they're fine. uh but anyways they're just yeah 
super boring. I like the world's finest generics. When when you mentioned it, I thought you were going to say like Mr. Nobody or something because he's predominantly black. But what's your favorite? Or least favorite. So that was my or least favorite. Okay. My favorite would be the X-Force. So like they're, they're typically mm. black and gray. Um, either Wolverine and X-23 duo base or really just like any of the X-Force. I really like those comics. They're like the X-Men, but they have to get certain things done that aren't super nice and you know, child friendly, but you know, that's like their whole right. thing. So yeah. All right. Uh, my favorite sculpt that has blue predominantly on it is going to be the hammer of Thor, Captain America. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. I mean, with the little effect on his feet to just how just good the sculpt looks. It's still, still one of the best sculpts to this day. Hammer Thor, Captain America. Uh, worst sculpt of all time goes to any Superman. Um, more specifically, I'll say all of the Supermen in DC 75th, except one of them is technically white, like just a white lantern, so they don't have any blue on there. But there's the common Superman, or uncommon, I don't remember. Uh, but he is the one with his shoulders kind of pushed inward. I call him low-T Superman, low testosterone, means, means he's kind of not manly. Uh, so that's why he's looking all sad and, and simple-like. And then the other one is this one where it's this hyper-patriotic one which is like blech make me throw up in my mouth because like he's literally not from america but okay whatever um who is trash and i'm glad that he's trash because he's 120 points of pure trash but those are that is a figure that i absolutely hate that has blue on it number five we're gonna build two hero clicks teams one team must have your favorite color on their dial the other has to have your favorite color on their sculpt Simeon, why don't you do your color team? I'll do my color team. Then you do your color sculpts. I'll do my color sculpts. Sound good? Yeah. So color team right. starting off strong. I went with two theme teams for both of these. So uh, this is a past theme team. I went with Professor Moriarty, Ooh. even though he's not really, I mean, he was written in the past, but he's still a fictional character. Um, so if he, he of course, has perpl- or outwit his entire dial. He also starts with stealth and then ends with steel energy. So lots of black powers to choose from there. And then Devil Dino, who has <laughs> regen on his last click. So totally go. not reaching for that one. You got um, it, bro. Then I, so that's 150. I threw on Al Jordan, the, the Green Lantern, who is also like a, what is it? 150. A thousand and one knights. Um, so he's like the knights, what is that? Uh, Lawrence of Arabia or something. Um, but he's got the genie of the lamp power, so he can choose standard powers. He also does have regen on his last click. And then just so I didn't completely double down on all of these was Diablo, who starts with stealth and outwit, gets steel energy mid-dial, and then ends on stealth and outwit. So lots of black powers on his dial. Okay, very solid, very solid. Uh, my color team, uh, I went with with specific colors on the dial is I went with two Rebirth Lex Luthers at a hundred points. Uh, they also have they're also predominantly blue as well, but they start with running shot, penetrating psychic blast. Their two hundred point line wouldn't start with any blue powers, but these bad boys. Chef's Kiss, I really like them. They've got all sorts of cool powers that make them not take a whole lot of damage, so I really What's like the, these Rebirth Lexes. Superman armor that makes them blue? Is that right? 
Uh, it's Lex Luthor's armor that he designed after Superman died, oh, where Superman. he became a real hope for the city because he's actually a person who built himself up from nothing and actually deserves respect. You know, didn't just get gifted powers because he's alien boy on What's a different planet and not have to work. Is that a you know, it doesn't matter. Let's shut up, 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 shut up. It's an S. It's an S. There's no hope. It is an S. There's not wind like a river, okay, Joss Whedon? It is an S. Stands for freaking Superman. Stands for Superman. Okay. All right. Let's just get past it. Let's get past it. Let's just get over it. Let's just get over it. All right. All right. Let's get over it. Next, we have the Wonder Woman 80th anniversary, Lex Luthor, the Red Sun Lex Luthor. You're like, whoa, Red Sun. I'm like, yeah, he's got Mastermind top dial, so he's here. Then we have Dr. Emil Hamilton, who also has Mastermind, I think, through his whole dial. He's on here because uh, when a character will be dealt penetrating damage within four squares or whatever of him, you roll a d6 on a four through six, it, they can reduce it. So that really helps the Lexes with their impervious and stuff. It's really cool. Um, and then... We have the Fast Forces Mercy Graves from the Batman vs. Superman movie. Now, she does not technically have any blue on her dial, but she gives people shape change, which to me is good enough because she gives out a power that is blue. So that's pretty cool. She can choose a high point character that's a politician, give him shape change, the likes of his bodyguard. Nice 300 point uh, plus five Metropolis theme team. Pretty cool. Very good. All right. And so now your team where they're, they're colored. Characters with predominantly that color on their sculpt, or that color on their sculpt, I guess. Uh, first off, right out the bat, is Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, he might not be predominantly colored with black, but that's all he wears. He's got black boots, black knee pads, a black vest, a black mankini, and black wristbands. Um <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Also, he's knee got pads, knee, knee braces, my man. Knee, yeah, braces. knee braces from both right. destroyed knees. Uh, so this yeah. stone, this is the starter set Stone Cold, who of course can crack open a six pack of stunners and stomp a mud hole and walk it dry later in his dial. Um, and then next up, I went with the Lord Doom, who is like purpley black, but he's got he's got a lot of black on his sculpt. Um, sadly, not as much as I wanted him to, but, you know, he's not quite Darth Vader, but he's pretty much Darth Vader, who is all black, if you remember quick, uh, other than, like, the little um, boops and buttons on his chest. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a pretty good addition. So I've got two solid close combat pieces. What goes great with close combat, you say? Batman animated series, super rare, Zatanna. Who, of course, has not only a black top hat, but a black vest thing to go along with it. She creates mm. bats. <laughs> they're brown bats. But they're bats. Uh, yeah. Bat Nothing goes better than close combat and enhancement, I tell you what. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, perplexed probability control, penetrating psychic blast, and then she generates bats that have enhancement. Which will go great with those previous two close combat pieces. Um... But no, she's she's just a solid all-around piece. And then, last but not least, I need some leadership to have four characters on this team. So I threw on the Captain America and the Avengers number 030 Wasp, who is black and gold with oh, wings. Yeah. She's pretty Grab solid. She's sidestep, pen, sigh, five range, two lightning bolts. 
uh, three damage with leadership. So like those those little bats can boost her to five. Um, Zatanna can boost her attack or have her re-roll or whatever. And then, of course, she's got the opposing characters within five squares can't use improved targeting abilities, which doesn't really do a whole lot for my team, but it doesn't do nothing for my team either. So sure. there's that. All right. Well, for my all-blue team, uh, this is actually sort of a team I've played before, but I'm going to go with the Infinity Gauntlet Captain America from Avengers Black Panther. Ooh, and the Illuminati. Wow. Uh, actually, not paying for the gauntlet. Um, I feel like it's not as important anymore since there is no pushing. Uh, so I'm like, okay, cool. You can be outwitted. Sure. Doesn't matter. You're only the only one damage anyways. So not too upset. Get, get rid of a defense. Sidestep? Is that what you're gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Is that what you're gonna do? Stupid idiot. So yeah, I don't I don't feel too bad about getting rid of the gauntlet nowadays. Uh then we're gonna throw on the AI Iron Patriot, mostly blue, red, and white armor, but mostly blue. Uh, and this is like what's your face, Tony Ho or something like that. I I'm not saying that as a joke. I think it's actually Tony Ho or like Han or something. Anyways, um, and then two blue uh, aim blue agents makes that's pretty easy, like a pretty easy cop out. But that is a three hundred point team. Pretty cool. It's fun. Got prob. Got enhancements if they ever take a little damage. Um, and I think most of these characters also have blue. I don't think actually Captain America doesn't have blue on his dial, but. Uh, Another Iron Patriot is Incapacitate, and the Aim Blues have Prob, and they have Mastermind, which is really cool. So, And leadership on this team, so it's great. I like it. like it a lot. But that is my all-blue person team. Simeon, the last question is going to be, which team would you use in a game, and why? Uh, I forgot to mention the last team that I listed off was a celebrity-themed team. Um, oh, I'd use, sorry. I'd use both of these in a team. So I've, I've played all of these figures at one point or another, um, the past theme team is probably the one that I'd lean more towards because I really like Al Jordan, Devil Dino, Professor Moriarty, Diablo. I've only played twice. Um, I've played Stone Cold and Lord Doom both, I think, twice. Zatanna, I've probably played half a dozen times. And Wasp, I only played during sealed events but she like really pulled her weight during those. And I think she gets a little bit better under the new rules. Um, mostly just because people aren't like one shotting her like nine times out of 10, you know, it's harder to boost your damage now. So she sticks around a little bit later and she's got willpower later on in her dial. Um, so yeah, she's, she's pretty solid now. Zatanna not pushing off of her top click, pretty solid. Um, Lord doom, of course, just, that's a chase from the like one of the newest sets so of course he's decent and then stone cold um he's not really great but with zatanna's tk and uh ability to like you know per perplex and prob, as soon as you uh, hear stone clothes not we just hear burr, 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 and they just like someone busts into simeon's house he gives you a stunner yeah runs away <laughs> throws a no, beer I, at your head that's one of the figures that I just really thought was going to be like amazing. And the few times you really get his signature to pull off, it's awesome, but it's hard to do. It's a lot harder to set up than you'd like. Um, that being said, it's a really fun team. And so is the past theme team. The past theme team is probably a little bit more competitive than the celebrity one, but I think they'd both be fun to run and neither is like overly good. Clearly. 
Yeah, baby. Yeah, so that is, I mean, those are teams, I guess, for the team I would play. Probably the double Lex Luthor Metropolis team. It looks like fun. I would dig it. I'd dig it a lot. The uh, Gauntlet Cap team with Iron Patriot and the Aim Blues, I played a version of that, like 500 points. So I had like the same amount of blues, reds, and whites somehow on the team. I can't remember exactly how I did the math, but like, yeah, I played that team before. Um, that was fun. But uh, I would probably play this Lex Luthor, double Lex Luthor team. I just got to get my hands on another Rebirth Lex. You know where I can do that? I can get that at coolstuffing.com. But, anyways, uh, to end off the show, we're going to go ahead and jump do a quick Jedi Legend Hero Clicks tip of the week. You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Hero's tip of the week as Wonder Woman set in 2021, as of now, you can step up to the character in stealth and use your outwit on them. Pretty cool. So now if you can punch them, you can also see them. It's about time. How interesting. It took us this long to get here. It only took us almost 20 years uh, in this question that has plagued Hero Clicks since the beginning. Bothered people for whew, quite a long time, actually. Yeah. What's weird is until we get the comprehensive rule book, uh, this being the 25th of April as recording, until we get the comprehensive, which we still haven't gotten yet, um, not sure if you'll be able to draw a line of fire for like, you can at least outwit adjacency. So um, if there's like still pinch points where there's two characters adjacent to you and then one character on the diagonal between those characters, We'll assume that at this point you can't outwit because that's how the old rules would be. But uh, who knows? I guess you might still be able to draw a line of fire or it might just be the way that it works. Who knows? Truly, the world may never know. And while we're sort of talking about this, I must say that this is the one change to rules that does not make scrolls better. Uh, outwit to the scrolls is their natural enemy. And having stealth was a big way just to help them not get outwitted. So I am a little, I am a little bummed about this change. I will say, yeah, but yeah, that's the show. That's it, ladies and gents. Yeah, characters that relied on stealth not quite as good as they used to be, but well, uh, still not bad. Still no, not bad. And with that. Dial H for HeroClix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Coming up this next Wednesday, if you're listening to this on time uh, as it drops, they'll have Wonder Woman singles on release. Isn't that fun? We'll be able to see what they price them at. And oh, how we'll enjoy buying singles. And if you want a discount code, that's dial 5 for 5% off. Although, hopefully, your single discount is already higher than that if you've bought literally anything. I think it's just anything that gets you the discount of 5%. 50 bucks or something, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty low. Yeah. It stacks. I mean, not the discount code, but uh, your, your singles purchases stack. So pick up some singles of Wonder Woman, whatever few pieces you want. Heck, you can even pre-order some still if you're listening to this before it drops for some reason uh you can, right. you can get that delivered to you roughly a few days after it releases and that's great too so yep. check them out at coolstuffinc.com they do have a sale going on right now which doesn't matter for you listener because the sale will be over by the time you hear but it's the heroes and villains sale 
and they so perfectly have a uh, Superman and Lex Luthor. Although I don't know why Lex Luthor is next to the Jesse and James Pokemon card. Oh, except yes, I do. They were good, hardworking. I almost called them Americans, but they're probably almost certainly Japanese. Uh, but they're just good, hardworking people trying to catch a buck, going against those rascally little kids that literally assault them physically every time. So good to know that <laughs> they know that Lex Luthor is truly the hero in this situation, and Superman is the real villain who is keeping the human race from reaching its true potential. Uh, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, like always, we like to say, happy trails. So if you're looking for emotional satisfaction, my advice to you is seek professional. Hero clicks. No. Are you serious? Again? How many people even play this game? Like the hundred? Instant deadpan humor. Oh, how many six people think I am funny? It's the hard day's work. Not that you know anything about that. Which Absolute fools, it's not richer nonsense. I'm gonna make hero clips like that forever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey Google, back some more. Let's attack him because he's a jerk. Wow, wow, wow.